You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, aka Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, aka Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Boom. Hello. Welcome. Episode 37. Go update the Wikipedia. Put that in there under the uh, engine breaking Wikipedia <laughs> entry. We've made it to 37 episodes, but nobody, genuinely, nobody except for you lovely humans tuning into this care about that record, but we've made it. I'm sure there's some statistic about only 0.05% of podcasts make it past episode 420. Um, so we're almost there. So no, sorry. No one cares. Sorry. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Well, welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. I'm your co-host, Blake, a.k.a. Break, uh, and this is Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11, two former F1 engineers having stole a wage from various F1 teams in the past are now making the most fraudulent podcast on the internet, which is kind of ironic because sometimes we talk sense, but today we're definitely going to talk some nonsense. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of, we haven't talked about it in a while. The I've got the sweet smell of uh, grilled chicken in my house, thanks to Traeger. Oh, there you go. He's getting it they in early. <laughs> they, don't, they don't sponsor us yet, but we love Traeger grills and uh, barbecue this weekend. But anyway, um, so what to expect from this episode? Uh, yeah, we'll do a little bit of news roundup. There's a couple things happening on the build up to this weekend and throughout the weekend. And then we'll get into our little uh, Monza race weekend review, going through the buildup quickly, uh, a little word from our sponsors, then into the race review. Uh, then we've got our favorite segments. We've got Random Fandom, where Dan and I are going to give you our thoughts on a team at random that we picked last week. Um, Dan, you've got Ferrari this weekend. Go on. To Fosi, uh, through and through. Yeah, I've got uh, Alfa Romeo, and then we'll get into Fraud Watch and Engine Mode Good Boy, where we put somebody um, on the Fraud Watch for being a fraud, and we put some other people on the Engine Mode Good Boy who have impressed us this weekend. But if you're new to the stream or the podcast, welcome. Uh, and if you're tuning in live on YouTube chat, hello, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dimitri Karsko Vroomskar, good to see you guys. M as well, big man, hello. So let's get into this weekend's episode. Oh, Engine Mode 11's in the chat. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Why don't you lead, lead us in since you've uh, just uh, waved everybody in the chat. Hello, yeah, news. <clears throat> My professional... <clears throat> professional news. Uh, so uh, we don't really care about records here, right? Let's get that out of the way first because that's only for Wikipedia. But, yep. but ladies and uh, gentlemen... I'm gonna, oh, no. Uh, let me, let me, let okay, me toot you, your horn you real hype, quick. You hype me up. Yeah, don't toot your own horn on stream. Let me do that for you. Dan, Dan is less than a thousand followers away from 100,000 followers on Twitter. 100K, big, big time. So if you're not following Engine Mode 11 over on Twitter, uh, go follow him before he slanders your favorite driver or team principal. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's going to be like when you turn 100 in the UK, you used to get like a letter from the Queen. I, I, want, a, I want a card from Elon Musk. Yeah, he's going to be like, thanks for paying for Twitter Blue, you rat. Yeah, yeah, or maybe. Or X-Blue or Premium or Prime. Send me a or... fucking Cybertruck, you... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, actual, actual real news, rather hmm. than me sort of hyping myself up. Uh, so do you remember, I can't remember now if it was post-Silverstone or post-Hungary, they did the uh, wet weather tyre testing. 
And the speed put, mud guards. Yeah, they put, yeah, the speed, super sporty, <laughs> speedy mud guards they put on that we already knew that that was a disaster and it was never going to work. Well, uh, good news is the F1 CEO, Stefano, has finally realized, ah, yeah, you're right. They don't work. Uh, so apparently they're now going to try a, a solution using the diffuser. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Um, I kind of had envisioned, you know, the 18 wheelers for our American friends and that. They have like the rubber lorries, lorries, the the rubber mud guards on the back tires. I wonder if they're going to yeah. put like a uh, vanity screen on the back of the diffuser when it rains. I don't really know how that's going to work. Well, you know, like the old fashioned like fly swatters. I was just imagining they're just going to tape a bunch of those to the back of the diffuser tunnels to like you know break up the water spray. Uh, clearly, um, we both said we worked in Formula One. Neither of us were aerodynamicists because this is all nonsense, absolute nonsense. <laughs> yeah, we don't fucking know what we were doing anyway. So. <laughs> Hire us. Um, or fire us. Frauds. Um, yeah, I, I think because like we like we said in the episodes past, the, we, uh, the wet tires are useless because they will not run them because of visibility, not because of performance. But also, I don't think their performance is particularly grand. But uh, at least we had a fully dry weekend this weekend. That was great. Oh, geez. When's the last time that happened? I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. I think it was... Couldn't tell you. But here's here's a not related to Formula One, but I think an interesting topic for our motorsport friends. And I, I want to I get your thoughts on this as well. Formula Two have introduced their new chassis. What was the first thing you noticed about their new car? Uh, the quiff of a rear wing. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, Google it, have a look. It looks very similar to the uh, Super Formula car in, in many ways, but it still looks very, it looks very FIA to me. You know, it looks... Looks yeah, FIA. Yeah, the wing looks like Adrian Newey on acid. Yeah. So I think what they're trying to do with that is get a bigger DRS effect. Um, so that's interesting. But one of the one of the interesting topics, and I think is uh it's a really relevant topic today as it ever was, is one of the aims was to make the cars more accessible. So the previous Formula Two cars, there were probably some restrictions in terms of seating availability, pedals, and I, I think another thing is probably steering wheels, probably not fully accommodating for, you know, smaller drivers, including female drivers. Now, the other thing they've said is we want to reduce the steering effort, and everybody was expecting they would have power steering, and the specs came out, and there was no pass or power-assisted steering system on the car. But what they did say after digging a little bit deeper is they have changed the steering geometry to reduce the peak steering effort. So. They have done what they said they were going to do, which honestly makes sense. I really, I, I don't, I don't really think that there should be a physical barrier to entry because somebody is, you know, smaller in stature and not strong enough to deal with, you know, this huge, super huge yeah. steering torque. Steel. That doesn't make any sense. Like racing is not about strength. Um, yep. But yeah. Now all they need to do is make a really wide one for a fat bastard like me to get in and uh, we're away. <laughs> We, but um, the interesting though, Formula One cars do have power steering, but the peak steering torques can be well over twenty-five newton meters, uh, which is, which is a fair bit. I'm absolutely knackered after using my nine newton meter direct drive on iRacing. So these guys going around for a, a three hundred kilometer race, cranking that for the whole time. Yeah, respect. Big respect. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I get stressed out just parking my car in the local Tesco's. So there you go. That's my expert, uh, expert uh, driving analysis. You're welcome. 
We've got we've got we've also got some news about Monza, but it's not about this weekend. No, Stefano, Stefano, Stefano. We talk about him a lot. We do, yeah. Well, he's the spokesman. He's you know he puts himself up there. So uh, he's confirmed that they're going to sit down with the organisers, or he's confirmed that he sat down with the organisers. Sorry, at the weekend. Uh, and apparently he's he said that circuit improvements need to happen if they've got any chance of a contract extension. Now I think this is because they're fighting between uh, Imola and Monza. Yeah. Um, but apparently the government have already turned around and said, "Yeah, mate, listen, we're already going to start work this week." So we're going to see. But uh, uh, Monza's are got they that talking about facilities. School, yeah, Monza's got that old school feel on it, and that old school feel includes like really sort of uh, dilapidated grandstands and things like that. So it, yeah, it, it's it, character. It some, yeah, we call it character. But uh, I think if you're going there for the first time, you'd probably say mm, this probably needs a little bit of investment. Yeah, a coat of paint wouldn't do no harm. And honestly, we if you if you're a long time listener to the podcast. Uh, we haven't actually reviewed their toilet facilities. Barcelona was on fraud watch for toilet facilities back until I think 2018 when they got a revamp. But holy, I don't I've, think Monza is spectacular. No, I'm going to have to go with you. I never used the toilet facilities at Monza. I'm going to have to go with you on that one. Well, I, I don't remember them, which means they probably weren't too bad. But, Mid, uh, midfield. Yeah, midfield toilet game. But uh, yeah, so interesting that the government's like, no, 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 we, we can keep... Are, are they backing Monza? Are they backing Imola? Or are they trying to keep both of them? I, I mean, if they're chucking money at Monza, it sounds to me like they're like, yeah, Monza. Okay. Uh, but that could be, I don't know, it, doesn't, it hasn't defined whether that's local government, like sort of council level, yeah. or if that's... Or national. Yeah, so we'll see. Okay. I okay. like Monza. No, I like it. I know it can I, be a bit hit and miss, but I like it. But if you if you look back to the old school calendar, right, when you were on like, you know, 18 races a year, you had the standout tracks. You've got your Monaco on one end of the spectrum, which is like this super brutal track, um, high downforce, the biggest wings you've got. And then you've also got to develop for a track like Monza. I mean, now we've got a couple of other low downforce circuits. Um, we're going to have Las Vegas coming up. Spa is one of those weird ones, and it depends on the formula of the car, if it's a medium or low downforce track. But uh, I, I I like it. I like the atmosphere. It's it's the, the home of Ferrari. Uh, the atmosphere is electric when you're there at the track. Yeah, it's... it would be it would be a shame to see it go because it is it is a super unique track with a lot of character, like you said. It's the home of the original Orange Army to Fosi. Yeah. So yeah, um, here's a fun one. Go so on. um, Aston Martin have confirmed Stroll for 2024. I mean, Dude, shock. I'm so surprised. Can't, I can't believe it. No, Can you? No, I'm honestly. I mean, I'm reeling in shock. You can't see, you know, audio listeners, but I'm just on the floor right now, doing this from laying on the floor. Mm. Um, the the most shocking part is um, how uh, team principal Mike Crack again. I can't fucking say that name. My neck. Is, my back. Wow. And Mike Crack. Wow. There you go. That was for free. <laughs> we didn't even have to pay him to do that. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, asked if Lance Stroll was unfireable due to, you know, obviously Lawrence owning the team. Uh, Mike Crack said, no, we don't have such a debate. Uh, we'll be fine next year with the two drivers. There is not a marked gap in performance. There is a marked gap in points. We have had several issues all across the year, which unfortunately always hit the same car. And then in the next sentence, Lawrence Stroll said, Mike Crack has just secured his contract for the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Out of slightly out of frame when they're conducting that interview, 
uh, Lawrence Stroll had his sniper on the roof looking through the hospitality unit while Mike Crack was talking to the journalists about that one. He's like, listen, you know what to do. Yeah, there's not a, there's not a marked gap in performance. There's a marked gap in points. Well, let me just, as a, as a slightly technical person, which honestly, uh, I don't even think you need to be slightly technical to understand that there is a substantial difference in performance between the Dark Lord himself and this mere mortal Lance Stroll. Lance is not doing a bad job, but if you had two Lances in that team, you would not be doing particularly well. But we could say that about several teams. And uh, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. He's doing the politics, so he gets a paycheck. I'd do it. And I'm sure Mike cracks on a decent wedge. I'd, I'd say some really weird stuff for 30 bucks, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we say some really pretty uh, <laughs> wild things for free. But uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Stroll has been in F1 since 2017. Like, if it's not happened yet, no, I, I, don't get me wrong. I like Lance, right? But you don't get to keep an F1 seat because you're nice. But I, I feel like, uh, on the other hand, that and... Yes, it's not it's not performance, but at the same time, uh, Lawrence Stroll has saved that team from disappearing That's completely. True. And you know, at the same time, he's got a lot of conviction. He's put his money where his mouth is. And you know what? If he wants Lance to drive one of the cars, you know, so be it. That's you know, his, they've had it. His fucking team. Yeah, exactly. It's his fucking train set. He can conduct it however he'd like. I think they've done a good job. They've dumped a load of money to that, the facilities uh, in that place. When I worked at Force India, which is the same team, it was such a small place that there was nothing to it. And you look at this new facility and you look at how far they've come since the end of last season. I got it. You got to put some respect on that. But yeah, a lot, a lot of people in the chat are saying Lance looks uninterested in every interview. I think that's just that's just being Canadian, isn't it? I I love Canadians. I I think he's. Yeah, we're, he's just, we're now banned from entering Canada. I'm, no, I love Canada. Screw you. <laughs> I like Canada too. Yeah, yeah. We should go to Canadian Grand Prix one year. We should. We should. We mm. hype it up enough. Yeah. All right. Next season, chat sponsors, friends of the podcast, Traeger. Get, Traeger. Yeah. Get us out local to butchers. an F1 race. We would love uh, to interview your drivers. I am in trouble for grilling Carlos Sainz a bit too much, but we'll get back to that. But speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of other driver contract extensions, we've got this other midfield team that's just renewed their drivers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not Ooh, uh, yeah, so Lewis and George. <laughs> I have, had to uh, catch you off guard there. I love it. I fucking love it. Lewis and George uh, contract extensions until the end of 2025. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's a major surprise. Uh, but here you go. Hamilton apparently is getting 50 million pounds a year, according to UK newspapers. I mean, he, Lewis Hamilton is one of the, the, the biggest sports people. He is probably the face of motorsport in a national, like, to some degree. Like if you watch Formula One or you, if you've opened a newspaper at some point, you've seen Lewis Hamilton on it. I, that's a lot of cash, but uh, yeah, mate, he's if not. I'm Lewis. I'm fucking asking for 50 mil every day. Easy. Yeah. yeah well, 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 how much should we ask for people to uh, shut the podcast down? Oh, I don't know. I, I made it a really low figure. You're gonna be like like twenty quid and we'll end it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, Any twenty quid super chat and we'll like, I'll just delete it. all this now. <laughs> no, but seriously though, like I think I still say it again. The Mercedes car still not spectacular, but George and Lewis probably the best driver pairing on the grid. Yeah, simple. I I don't think there's any debate in terms of the sum of the parts. Those two. 
definitely it's going to be spicy. Oh, I want them to have a con- uh, contract. I want them to have a uh, uh, constructors winning car next year because I want to see them two in a in competitive at the front and see and see how it yeah. goes if it's respectable or if it's absolute chaos. Nico and Hamilton part two. Mm, he turned in on me, kind of vibes, you know. Yeah, I want to see. Blimey! That. Oh, blimey! <laughs> but yeah, um, here's another interesting little. Uh, we got two little technical bits this week. Um, there's the flexi wings, and you did quite a few of the notes for this. But we, we've t- we've heard about this yeah. before. Apparently, teams including Aston Martin were advised to make changes to their front wing designs around Baku. And when did they stop being on the podium? Canada, right after. Play it. Play the uh, conspiracy. I I don't know where that soundbite oh, is, but but, but I, that's, that's honestly I don't think that's even um, a fraud files thing. I think that's definitely something. So here's how the front wing deflection works right now. The the FIA specify certain loads that you apply to the wings, and they specify the maximum amount of deflection. And how they do this in practice is at the FIA test patch. They will put some weights. You, you've got these little caps that sit on top of your front wing and you put weights on it. And it's some shitload of kilos. And they make sure that the wing does not deflect more than a certain amount. And it's a really simple test. And this is mostly uh, a bending test. And it also encompasses rotation or flexing front back. But how do you come up with a test? I mean, you, Dan, you've seen the videos of the, the front wings and the flaps bending backwards. And Teams are coming up with really clever ways to build in compliance to these systems that pass the rules. The FI have specified the rules and the teams have passed these with sailing colors. But the FI have said, we think you guys are doing something tricky with the way you're mounting stuff so that it flexes in a way, passes the tests, but it's still giving you some kind of interesting advantages. Yeah, so the FI reckon they're exploiting, exploiting systems that rotate or flex the front and rear wing elements in ways that can't be detected through the tests like you mentioned. Um, so they've issued this technical directive 018, uh, which again, we, we don't see these. We only know about this because it gets leaked and it really annoys me that we never get to see these. Um, mm. But they've advised this weekend that it's coming, uh, but the changes aren't going to come in until Singapore. And uh, basically, so the areas they think they're exploiting is on the rear wing, they think it's the design of the end plates and the mounting pillar. And and then on the front, they think it's the way that the wing elements mount to the nose have more axial freedom than was intended when the ah. regulations were written up. So, so axial would be, if you're looking at the side, the front of the car, it'd be towards and away from the nose. That's interesting. So I, th- I think probably it's it, we've seen what it is. It's the flaps backing off more than they thought. Yeah. Um, but this, here's an interesting thing about what those things mean for performance. The rear wing is almost certainly about drag. And I don't think Aston Martin were playing that trick because I think Aston was very likely to be the front wing. The rear wing is about drag and you want to find a way that you can back that off because the rear wing generates most of your drag. The front wing is not drag. And I've seen a few people slightly misquote that to say people have front flaps that back off and reduce drag. But drag is like second or third order you've got rear wing level and you've got rear ride height and then you've got the overall drag level of the car top to bottom of the front wing there's not much of that in in drag so that backing off the front wing is about high speed to low speed balance which is very cleverly and most effectively done with a flexible front wing flap so 
they're playing some tricks there. And I think understanding what Aston are struggling with, because Aston, here's, here's an interesting one though. Aston have gone from this super high downforce, great high speed performance, super draggy machine. And now they're kind of slow in the high speed, strong, medium and low speed. Mm. And they've got a mid range top speed. So certainly with, at least with the philosophy of the car, it's, it's done 180 degree turns since the start of the season. So I, I think there is not a fraud file there. I think there's definitely some weight in that. Yeah, well, the FIA have asked the teams to submit all their wing designs to them by the 8th of September. Mm. But it's, it also sounds like TD18 means somebody got told, you know, that thing we always talk about where they say, hi, we'd like clarification on this because we definitely don't think another team's doing it. And like team that you definitely don't think is doing it, definitely please stop doing that. Yeah. Because it, the thing is, it's not in the regulations, but once a technical directive has been made clear to everybody, they will then use that information to the stewards to be like, hey, stewards, we told them to stop messing around and they messed around. And we, you know, you, here's the regulation and the framework. Do you think this falls foul of flexible bodywork, the catch-all regulation, very likely they will say, yes, you have lost your points for this race and you need to fix it for the next race. So they've yeah, potentially not done that. Yeah, so like technical directive, you can just basically translate that as, we think, we know you're cheating, but we can't prove it. So <laughs> yeah. here's how we think you're doing it. Stop doing it. Yep, exactly that. Exactly that. But we've had another, uh, we've had another tech bit. Um, and it's not the first time we've seen Total Wolf in the press this week and making statements. This is the time I do agree with him. Uh, Renault and Alpine have been suggesting that they're about 30 horsepower down and they would like to do some development to close the gap and open up the possibility so that they could be more competitive throughout the future um, seasons going into 2026. And Total Wolf says, we don't see this. He says, we can't see it. And that's interesting because teams will look at like, like you, like I do in my, my newsletter and all my videos is we'll look at the telemetry Teams can do simple models of teams and estimate their engine power, their drag levels, their downforce levels um, to a reasonable degree. Um, 10 horsepower is a big chunk of performance. It's about a percent. And you can see that. Um, and other teams, it, there's no way that they're 30 horsepower out. There's absolutely no way. Otherwise, it'd be so obvious. And it's interesting that they're politicking this as well, because what do the FIA have access to? <laughs> Uh, torque clutch torque meters on yeah every single exactly car. <laughs> yeah so it's like the clutch torque meters are spec parts they're mandated and they're used for the launch control and it's a great way for the fia uh to monitor how are people doing in terms of engine performance are people doing anything weird and i don't understand why alpine are doing this maybe what's his name uh doesn't realize the fia can see this and he's just like talk some shit in the press. I, I don't even, I can't even fucking remember who's running Alpine now. I think it changes no. every week, doesn't it? They just pick straws yeah. out in the garage and say, right, you're the represent representative this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wear the shoes, mate. But um, I really, really don't think Alpine are 30 horsepower down. And I think that would be very clear if they were. Um, Just for a po point of reference, 10 horsepower is about a tenth of a second on the straight. I don't think... Alpine are that far out in terms of like because all we can see is the combination of drag and power. I don't think they're far, that far out. But anyway, mm. that's that's those are my thoughts on that, and I don't really think we're gonna hear too much more about that. But what's what else we got before we get into the Monza race event? Uh, we've had some Danny Rick news. Uh, Oof. The, please come back the, soon, please. Yeah, please, wankers, please, please. Wankers whiplash injury update. <laughs> 
Uh, likely out until Qatar. Uh, I think they're trying to aim for Japan, but that might be a little bit optimistic. Mm. Um, I think they need to get him back before Oscar needs to go to do Super La Formula. But Oscar um, Lawson. That, sorry, Liam Lawson. Yeah, no, Oscar Piastri has magically jumped into other, the Alpha Tauri. Sorry. Other, other man down under ish. Yeah. Yeah, clear enough. They're all they're roughly in the same area or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, dude, that's that's one of those things. And it's like I he's probably he's got the best medical help he can get because poor people like us couldn't afford that. And if the doc says, Hey, sort this out now, otherwise you are not gonna be racing, you you're definitely gonna do it. Like and also Daniel looks like he's been on good form and uh Liam looks like he's also been on good form. So uh I'm happy to see it. We'll get back to Liam. But uh, before we do that, why don't we have a little, uh, just a quick word from our sponsors? Sure, why not? Yes, it's that time again for a word from our sponsors, NordVPN. You know them by now. It's a product that me and Blake have used long before this podcast was even a thing. And we are very thankful for their ongoing support to the podcast and for you listeners. If you're tired of being geo-blocked on Netflix and uh, things like that, then you need yourself NordVPN and you can get yourself an exclusive discount off your plan and four months for free. All you've got to do is go to nordvpn.com slash engine. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you doing? Come on, they've been with us for nearly a year now. If you haven't got it by now, what are you waiting for? So that's nordvpn.com slash engine. Thank you. Thank you. I, I do have to say, though, uh, NordVPN saves me a plane trip um, to North America every weekend. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, huge big ups to the Nord. Yeah, big up. Mm. Keep paying us so we can fund our Monza toilet review trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine that. The Monza toilet review sponsored by NordVPN. I love it. Imagine that happens. We, we, honestly, though, great, great stuff. Um, I, I use them pretty much every weekend, and it's a uh, it's a real deal. But let's let's get into the Monza race event. And we're not talking about toilets. I have no notes about no, toilets no, no. from here on out in the podcast. Um, but like we said, dude, this was the first dry Formula One weekend in months. And I feel like the wet races lately have been the savor of predictable Formula One. It's been chaos. It's been unpredictable. But I think this weekend, especially with the alternative tire allocation, also shook things up a bit. So... Here, the, the, the rundown on the, the alternative tire allocation is Pirelli's trying to not bring as many tires to a weekend, save manufacturing a bit of rubber. Um, but I think it's not such a bad thing. So you get basically get one more set of hards and mediums, and you get four less sets of soft. And then in qualifying one, two, and three, you have to run a hard, then a medium, and then soft. So throughout the weekend, before you get to qualifying, you've only run two new soft tires. Um, and I think that's... I have, have, what's, what's your thoughts been on the alternative tire weekends? Have they bothered you at all? Or any thoughts on them? We had it in Hungary, didn't we, the first time? Yeah, I and think I thought so. it worked quite well there. It made qualifying a bit sort of unpredictable and whatnot. Um, but this time, I don't think it was as exciting. And I think in terms of the race, it just it really stifled everyone to like a single fucking um, strategy for the actual race. So, I don't know. It just... Yeah, I, you say that, and I thought the exact same thing, but people spend a lot of time in free practice checking the soft tire performance. I, I think the, the compounds were a step softer than last year. 
And last year we we had some soft medium one stops until the safety car at the end. But like that's what the, the plan was. With as low as the degradation is, I think honestly, I think Monza, you, you want Monza to be a one stop race with this level of degradation they got because you lose so much time in the pit lane. I think teams were going to do whatever strategy. And so maybe maybe it was the alternative tire allocation that pushed us that way. Because nobody, like realistically, nobody, but nobody in the back even thought about trying a soft and they did have new soft tires. So that's a tough one. Another thing that the stewards added this weekend, um, a maximum lap time allowed, applying it to outlaps as well as in laps. And this was to avoid, you've, you've seen some of the F2 and F3 races in the past where there's a parking lot prior to turn 11, you have some, somebody on a flying lap trying to bonsai. It's, it's, it's fucking dangerous, but yeah. it's the nature of the circuit, people trying to get toes. Um, the FIA said, do not do it. Do not do it. Here's, so in, if you go slower than this lap time, at any point, you're in trouble. Specifically focusing on people jockeying for position on outlaps. Yeah, right decision. The right decision. And someone fell foul of that, but we'll come back to that in a moment. Oof, because oof. Obviously not controversial. Got, no, not controversial. Let's let's let me uh, buzz through the practice sessions. So we had oh, rip through. Felipe Drogovic in FP1 uh, did 24 laps. He only because of this stupid alternative tires. He was only given one set of tires, um, so, he had, <laughs> so he had to make the medium tires last throughout the whole hour. But he did his run plan and whatever. He seemed to do, do all right. Um, unfortunately, then Lance Stroll gets back in the car for FP2. Uh, does half a lap and then he has a fuel system issue, which means basically Lance hasn't driven the car at all on the Friday. So well done. Terrible, man. Uh, Absolutely F shocking. Yeah, FP2, Checo decides to rip pretty much the floor to pieces as he flies off and goes through the gravel. Um, there was a photo doing the rounds where the car is being lifted or whatever. And if you look underneath it, the floor is completely fucked. Yeah, this, you could see like the the side where he was sliding. It was just like looked like some rats had gotten hold of the front edge of the diffuser, the boat area, just chewed through it. So, you know, these these things are built to last, but they're not built to be slid through gravel at two hundred and fifty kilometers an hour. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Basically, Checo decided to stone blast the underside of the car, and we found out it wasn't built for that. So, yeah, you know, you know, it's funny just tuning, jumping into that. I remember back in the day when I was at Force India. There was so much sand on the track that the leading edges of the diffuser uh, and the wings, they would get sandblasted to absolute fuck. And at the end of a Grand Prix, you would have holes in parts of the bodywork. So over time, people have built them stronger and stronger. But that, that shit do be abrasive. Yeah, it really do be. Uh, but Ferrari looked quick on the Friday, which was, I was, they had a new PU. They put a new PU in both cars. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, oh, this is this is some Friday Tafosi glory runs, whatever. Yeah, let, exactly. let them have their fun sort of thing. <sighs> but uh, but FP3 came. They sharp all weekend, man. Yeah, FP3 came around and it looked legit. Yeah, no messing around. But uh, <laughs> there was the other classic during Friday, and I think I think at one point in the weekend, Max was like, "I'd really like to run another set of softs," and it's like, no, you get a, a soft and feet it. P2 and a soft and P3. And he's like, Matt, GPS and well, did you learn anything? And Max goes, not really. To which GP replies calmly, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, classic GP. But like at the end of the day, it's like one of those things if you don't, if you get obstructed on your lap, you don't get a clean lap, you don't get a good read on it, you're just out of luck. So yeah, 
And we'll come back to also the lack of practice is interesting because Lance had some comments about that as well. But looking at the weekend's pace progression, it was Ferrari and Red Bull at the top all weekend. And McLaren looked like they were in the mix and free practice too with everybody. Not then to free practice three, looks like had a nightmare and then come qualifying. Yeah, we'll come back to that, but I don't think it was straightforward. But on the back foot all weekend, Alpine and my, um, yeah, yeah, what, what random fandom, fuck, man. Alpine and Alfa Romeo. Oof. I don't know what the hell happened to Alpine. They were on the podium in the last race. Yeah. And now no, they're it, sort of chilling in like 18th and 17th. Maybe it was that engine power. Maybe they're missing 100 horsepower to be that fucking slow. But another thing that makes these gaps look even worse is if you get knocked out in Q1, you've missed out all of the track evolution and you're running hard. So, yeah, fair enough. But they yeah. were absolutely nowhere. Maybe maybe okay. they just couldn't t- get the heat in the tyre or, or whatever or get the performance out the hard tyre they needed. I don't know. Mind yeah, you saying that, they were shit in the race as well, to be fair. Yeah, they were they were not great. So, yeah, I mean... Ocon this, retired and nobody even fucking noticed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I forgot about that. But let's, let's, we're into qualifying now. Let's talk about it. Carlos pretty much setting the pace for Ferrari. Um, Leclerc was in the mix, though, and Max looked strong. Checo there, thereabouts, more or less. A Q1, Alpine were... Oh, God atrociously slow even if you put their best two laps together and cherry pick the pieces they didn't make it into q2 they were on the struggle bus uh uh who do we lose in q1 then uh lance stroll p20 magnuson p19 ocon p18 gasly p17 and joe p16 yeah and and stroll said there's something up with the car and I, if i rem- remember this correctly he was like it's not because i didn't have p1 or p2 there's something not right with this car's performance, which then his teammate gets into Q3 as usual. So yeah, I, I think probably he's playing that down. I think Lance does need those laps. But Q2, I don't remember anything particularly stand out. Uh, we lost Yuki and Lawson, but Lawson, hey, right, right up um, to Yuki. I think he's just like a tenth off of him. Pretty yeah, up. and big up the Alpha Tauri because like I say, P11 and P12 for them, that was close to being in Q3, which in that in that fucking car is a miracle in itself. So yeah. they did well there. Yeah. And then we lost the other um the other Haas, we lost the other Alpha. And then uh Sergeant did not make Q3 this time. He made the first American in Q3 in an absolute age the other weekend in Zanvoort before he uh stuck it in the wall. Yep, celebrated by getting into Q3 by binning it. Mm. We've all been there. Yeah, but um I did a little bit of a deep dive on qualifying over on my buy me a coffee. If you haven't checked that out, buymeacoffee.com front slash break. It's where if you want even more tech data analysis and lots of graphs and explanations, I go into a lot of detail there. But let's talk about Q3. Signs, phenomenal qualifying lap. Ferrari with the super low downforce configuration. Red Bull with a trimmed medium downforce rear wing. Um, great, great lap. They were faster than Red Bull in the straights and slightly slower in the corners, with the exception, turn four and five on the brakes. So the second chicane after the uh, Curva Grande, dude, Sainz was a monster on the brakes there. He put a tenth on Verstappen and put a tenth on pretty much everybody there. That's talking about trusting the tires. You feel the warm up. Turn one, two was good. Uh, turn four, five, absolutely hammering the brakes, getting that. Uh, Leclerc. 
Uh, and also signs was benefit from pretty good positioning. He had a toe for most of the lap down to, I think, the Ascari chicane. So he benefit from following another car within a couple of seconds just to give him that little edge over Leclerc. Leclerc did not have that toe. Um, but signs no, also. And sorry, I just no, to cut you off there. Just call me the knife. And um, <laughs> Charles had been sort of saying all weekend up to that point that he was having some problems with the balance of the car. He didn't feel 100% with it. So. And that that's super interesting because there were some some signs of that in the data. Maybe it's the same thing Leclerc's talking about. Maybe not, but Leclerc didn't have a toe. Um, but also signs almost threw it away in the final corner. Like Verstappen clawed back well more than he should have there. And it looks like signs checked up a bit, um, killed way too much speed on the entry, and then was really hesitant on throttle. And I looked at that. I looked at Signs versus Verstappen. Signs was really tentative. Like A, they've got lower downforce, so their traction is a little bit weaker. So the time it takes them to get full throttle out of the chicanes was longer. But the Ascari chicane, Signs was not quite trusting the throttle to go full. Max was just plant it, mat it, just fully send it. Also in turn 11, both of the Ferraris were really tentative getting on throttle. And I still feel like that quite pointy, nervous Ferrari is still a thing. And then accentuated by having lower downforce, but definitely, definitely think that the low downforce was the right answer. Like they wouldn't have competed or had a shot at all. Mm. Uh, qualifying results. What do we got? Qualifying results. Uh, signs. P1 pull. Just a couple hundreds ahead of Verstappen. Uh, Leclerc just behind him. Super close. That all of those guys within sixty thousandths of a second. Impressive. It could have been. It could have been any one of them. Uh, Big man Russell, big man Russell, three tenths off that. Perez, right neck and neck with uh, with the Russell man, isn't he? Yeah, and then Alexander Albon, another Q3 appearance, sending that absolute boat of a Willys into yeah. into yeah. into P6, man. Piastri, Hamilton, Hamilton had a shocker, and he was just like, today wasn't the day. His sector one, two was okay, or sector one was okay, then sector two and three was just like, Bleh. Not not what he wanted. Um, Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso rounding out the top 10. Alonso, P10. Uh, and he was way off. Half a second off of Norris. Oofed. And again, just to hype ourselves up, what did we say last week? Keep an eye on the Williams in qualifying. But like, to be fair, I know we look really clever and shit, but to be fair, I don't ruin the illusion. Nah, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to I want to put some respect on uh, Alex Albon because He's, we'll say it every week. He's driving the absolute wheels off that thing. Getting, I think he's performing miracles in that car. Good for him. I'd, I'd love to see Alex Albon doing well and succeeding. Um, good on him. And I hope, I hope some other teams are taking notice of his performances. Yeah, but I also hope that this is a genuine resurgence of Williams. I'd love to see it. Yeah, mm. you're only as fast as your fastest driver. And he, Alex is, uh, Alex ain't no slouch. I'm, I'm here for it. Shall we, uh, shall we move on to the Italian Grand Prix? We will. Uh, but I will also mention what we were talking about earlier. The Ooh, uh, maximum, maximum lap time. Oh, oh, I completely forgot this. Yeah, I forgot to write it down in the notes. Not controversial. No. Not controversial this one at all. <laughs> what uh, so Ferrari were too slow on their, I can't remember which which laps it was because I forgot to write it down. But basically they fell foul of that 
rule we were talking about earlier where not parking the car. Yeah, you can't do slower than like a, it's like a 144 or something. And the time lapse of one minute 20. So you had to get a shuffle on. No, no effing about. But um, why did they not get popped for that then? Because it seemed like it was, it did say the stewards would take into consideration the circumstances. So why did they get the pass on this one? I don't know. It's basically the answer. I don't know. If I if I recall correctly, it was basically saying that they were getting a hustle on and they weren't queuing at the end of the lap. They were making way for traffic for people in the middle of the lap. So they're like, oh, somebody's coming through. I'm going to park it on the inside of the track so I don't impede this guy's lap. And I think that's probably the right thing to do. And in the end, I do believe uh, common sense prevailed with the stewarding and the regulations. The regulations achieved what they should have done. We didn't have any car parks and people bowling into turn 11. So fair enough. Bollocks, I'm starting a conspiracy theory. Yeah, Ferrari paid. The, the, Ferrari uh, international assistance. Yep, again. Monza. Send them to the back, honestly. 30, 30 position penalty. They had to start in Imola. Shame. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, Whatever. So there you go. That's, that's it. I'm starting that wild conspiracy. Okay. I'm, I'm here for it. I rate it, man. It's, it's Grand Prix time, baby. How oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, well, before the race even begins, we fucking lose Yuki. <laughs> somebody chucked a bag of uh 10p pieces down his intake and that thing grenaded itself yep. on the uh, formation lap yeah, speak, just speaking of conspiracy theories there's another one red bull sabotaged yuki's car so they could get two extra laps of fuel in max's car oh yeah that's a that's a thing though so those those extra we do three formation laps in the end um yeah. yuki yuki's car they had to get the flatbed out because it was that thing was seized up brother but um a couple extra formation laps saves a lot of fuel. So the conspiracy theory is that uh, Red Bull massively underfueled and they blew up Yuki's engine. Yep. It's in order Marco, to not have to save fuel. Helmut Marco flipped his red button and said, Yuki, it's time. Yeah, it was last year. It was his seat belts and his differential in Zanvoort. Yep. <laughs> Yuki had to commit Sudoku. Uh, uh, and, uh, that's, that's, you call it Sudoku. Sudoku. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, he had to do some dude. crossword puzzles for his sins. While he was sitting waiting to be recovered. Ah, fucking hell. Oh, Theory me. But uh, more worryingly about this, right? He took a whole new fucking PU this week. Oh, and it grenaded. Yeah. So that that was in his allocation, though. So he didn't take a grid for it. But that's that's not be good. No. Is and that- there's no official word on a cause. But apparently a Japanese website is rumoring it was a piston failure. Um, either way smoke coming out of your car is not good that is the official engine braking technical analysis that Mm. you know come and love smoke bad Mm. Um, but here's the thing though I don't think this is correct I'm not sure if it's correct but if I recall correctly since partnering with Red Bull have Honda slash RBPT had a catastrophic ice failure oh good question I, I think I think they've been if not none, then very, very few, like a, a competitively strong few number of um, catastrophic combustion engine failures for that. So kind of strong. Mm. Did you not visit the Red Bull campus the other week? I did. You just got something to do with you. Did you fuck Yuki's engine? No, I went on a bike ride with some friends at lunchtime. I didn't. Yeah, I just was like, hey, this is a nice campus you got here. It'd be a shame if somebody threw 50p pieces <laughs> down the intake. Uh, yeah, honestly, go. it was us. 
they're not letting me in anywhere. They they know me around there. <laughs> yeah, we are named and sort of yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is, I have a story for another day, but I'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> super clean race start though. The there was no shenanigans. Nothing bad's ever happened on lap one in Monza ever. Um, so that's fine. And the only swap I believe was Albon overtaking Piastri, which was a which is a damn good thing he did because Albon was the train conductor for another while. Yep. Choo choo all aboard the Alex Alvin DRS train. Yeah, he, he kind of pulled that on for quite a while. And I was, uh, again, impressive. His post-race interview, he was talking to, he was on the, the pin with Leclerc. And they're like, yeah, how'd it go? He's like, oh, yeah, I was head of blah, 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 or Piastri or Norris. And he's like, and Leclerc was like, were you fast? He's like, no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Only but in you know a straight what? line. Yeah, exactly. And Williams being a slippery car, uh, the McLaren. Reasonable top speed, but uh, again, in that Mercedes bunch, lower on the top speed again this weekend. Um, let's talk through the race. Let's talk through the first stint. Signs honestly defended like absolute legend to Verstappen. Uh, 15 laps, and he tried to kind of like, the, the, what was the, the turn one thing was like, if you go around the outside of turn one, if you're not ahead by the apex of turn one, like clearly the, the other car can see you there, you're getting pushed off at turn two. You're either... You're getting sent down the escape road yeah, turn, every time. Turn one has been the scene of some crimes in the past, and uh, it it was pretty much the scene of some crimes in this race as well. But uh, yeah. turn one, it's like, you know, at the end of the massive straight, there's nowhere else really you're going to fucking launch it. So you've got to try it at turn one, and it's it's not the greatest of corners to try a lunge at, but yeah. Nah. So eventually Max got to go, I believe, up the inside of turn one, and... With the, with the speed and the overtaking, it was good. And Leclerc was kind of waiting in that bunch just to see what happened. You know, Leclerc was not really putting a whole lot of pressure on Verstappen. Verstappen fully, fully putting pressure on that. And a lot of people got, they're like, Leclerc is an idiot. Why didn't Leclerc help? And I'm on one hand, I'm kind I, I of with know. Leclerc on that yeah. one. I, I don't I'm kind know of, what else they wanted him to do. Max was very smart about this. It was only a few laps in, and he already radioed into GP saying, "Yeah, look, mate, they're sliding everywhere already." They knew mm. they knew the tire life wasn't there in the Ferraris. They just had to chill out, wait for the tires to die, and then just basically yeah. drift off. But if you're if you're Carlos, you're not giving up that position. This is oh, your no, home no, race. You got not. pole. You're fighting tooth and nail. And if you burn up your tires, fuck it, go again. You know. But um, yes, I mean, but what, here's what happens though. Max overtakes Signs. Signs has done a load of work on his tires. Uh, Leclerc, you know, he was a second and a half behind them, maybe just in DRS a couple laps, but not really putting too much pressure on that group. He was waiting to see what happened. I, I don't blame him. Um, but Signs falls back, and he's bleeding lap time. Like he's Signs is the same pace after Max gets past him. Signs is the same pace as Valtteri Bottas back some. You know, he's he's a pit stop behind them already, and he's going that pace. He's gone from race leader to back of the midfield pace. Oh, yeah. Max was, like, pulling away, like, what, a second a lap or something ridiculous like yeah, that. And it was, it, like, it right. was crazy. So, instead, and my my first reaction was, if Ferrari let Leclerc through and he can hang on to Verstappen because Sainz's tires are spent, they could do something with this. They're not going to challenge Max. They know that. Leclerc knows that. Otherwise, Leclerc would have burned up some tires. I think Leclerc played that one smart, and Sainz did what he had to. But I really feel like the Ferrari pit wall 
could if if they wanted to get more points out of this weekend, they could have intervened. They could have intervened, and they chose not to. Yeah, I don't know. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, isn't it really? Um, I will say though, for Sainz's first pit stop, I rewatched the race this morning just to sort of take it in again, and I loved this shithousery from Red Bull, where because the Red Bull and Ferrari garages are next to each other. Yeah, the second signs pulled off to come into the pit lane, everyone in Red Bull pulled out as if they were doing a stop. So Carlos had no choice but to do an X sort of go around them to get into his box. <laughs> and then as soon as it, before it even stopped, the Red Bull walked back into the garage. I was like, that is pure shithousery and I love it. It, it was like, we're going to, we're going to try and psych him out just by getting out as soon as he tries to come into the pit box. I thought that was brilliant. I, I think potentially what that could have been also is a uh, opposite signs call for for Perez at that point because also that was the, the lap that signs pits is the lap that Perez is set free from uh, Russell so I, I think that was viable but at the same time I'm here for that theory yeah, that I'm works so the, much better for me yeah I'm going for the shithouse theory yeah so also an instant one that Perez Perez is like Russell pushed me off it's like at turn one it's like yeah mate just take the escape road tuck back in and go again he eventually gets him um overtaking on the outside of turn one just wasn't on unless you're ahead really um but yeah like realistically we'll come we'll come back to it but coulda shoulda woulda but like honestly i don't i don't even think that's coulda shoulda woulda territory leclerc had saved tires so that he could have a go the reason they didn't pit signs immediately after they saw him bleeding lap time is because they were worried about the gap to Bottas. And if he had come out behind Bottas on new tires and not been able to overtake him, that would have been an absolute disaster. But I really, I don't know, it bums me out on one hand, but... Ah. Well, we'll get uh, into this for the random fandom um, okay. because I wrote the note there, but one of the Ferrari drivers was questioning perhaps maybe doing a two-stop. And I can't remember which one it was. It's in my notes further down, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what that's saying is, hey, would you like to just lose a random 24 seconds of race time? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> so second stint. Uh, the second stint really uh, not too crazy for me. What We had Russell try to overtake, uh, was an Alpine and go off the track. And he's like, <laughs> oh, he pushed me off. And he just kept the track position and didn't give it back. And we saw oh. other people do that. We saw, uh, was it one of the McLarens try that? And they gave the position back. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Was it Lando? I can't remember now. I, um, but the George Russell penalty was so nailed on. Like when I watched it again this morning, I was like, "Why have you just driven off into the sunset?" Like, yeah, dude. Literally, you're gonna get done for that. They didn't push you off. You ha you, you didn't have a shot at getting us alongside for turn two. Just go again. You're faster than whoever it was. It, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Brienne in the chat thinks it was Ocon. But we had another penalty for the Mercedes. They were racking up some freaking points. Hamilton on Piastri. So later in the race, in stint two, uh, we've got Hamilton. He comes out at his stop behind just near Alonso, and he's got to close up some gap. And there's this train of Albon, Norris, Piastri. And around lap 40, Alonso, or Hamilton comes up on Piastri alongside him. They're side by side going through turn three, comes down to turn four, and Hamilton moves over, clips his front wing, well, Piastri had nowhere to go. And afterwards, even on the radio, I think Hamilton was like, yep, fuck that one up. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. So Piastri does an extra stop that costs him 
easily four or five spots. Yeah, that takes some, uh, uh, contention. But yeah, like you said, yeah. Hamilton was very apologetic after the race. The first thing he said was like, yeah, that was my fault. I fucked that up. So yeah. Yeah. But to, to be fair, I mean, Russell, five second penalty, no impact on his race. Hamilton, after Hamilton clears the uh, McLaren group and Albon, no impact on his race, five seconds clear. So fair enough. I, I think it was just unfortunate. And uh, I think everybody played pretty nicely. So yeah, the, 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 fair enough. I think Russell's move potentially was deliberate. It's what, like he thought I can make up five seconds quite fucking easily. What's, I'm not going to yeah. waste time handing this back sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, can't, I think, yeah, I can't see anything else or, yeah, but nah. But yeah, the, the Russell thing, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you say, maybe he thought, fuck it, I can just make the five seconds easy enough. I don't care sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, here's a good one. I forgot who it was with, but it was to Lando. Um, it was uh, when they were stuck behind Albon. Yeah, it's like opposite Albon. It's like, what? That basically says if Albon doesn't pit, you pit. And they bring the guys out into the pit lane. And uh, I'm like, mate, what, what are we like 10, 15 laps from the end of the race? What are you going to do? Like just lose 24 seconds and fall back behind yeah, well, Lawson or yeah, fall back behind Lawson and the other bots. I was like, what are you going to do? There's no way. McLaren came on the radio and like uh, box to overtake. Who the fuck are you overtaking? Like, <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is just like, mate, if you want to box, you can fucking box. I know, yeah. I know, no one is threatened by that. Like, what was that? Box to lose 24 seconds. Box to lose 24 seconds. Uh, no, I'll pass. Um, at the end of the race, so the, the Red Bull Ferrari thing goes something like, we'll go back to the start of this because Verstappen's off in the distance and he ends up looking like he has to manage some issue, either engine or brake temperatures or something. He bleeds a lot of lap time, but we've basically got this science Leclerc Paris train through the whole second stint. Eventually, uh, it's probably, what, 10, 15 laps or so. Uh, Perez gets past Leclerc, but Leclerc is able to hold on to Sainz. Perez, at this point, lap 30 or so, Sainz's pace is good. It's not too far off of Verstappen, but as soon as Perez starts putting pressure on Sainz, Sainz loses so much lap time. And it was weird because Leclerc didn't do that. And maybe it's because the tires are, you know, 10, 15 laps older at this point, fine. But as soon as Perez comes through on Sainz, Sainz just backs up into Leclerc. And Leclerc's having a couple looks at him, and the, the pit wall says, no risks. You're free to race, but do not take any risks, as Leclerc locks up massively, almost <laughs> slides into him. <laughs> I, I rate it. Honestly, I rate it. And, you know, on one hand, fuck it, man. Let him race. But did anybody watching this, if you saw this, leave a comment. Did you see Lawson's send from like 40, 50 meters back into turn one, I think, on the Haas? I was like, Damn. Yeah, Liam Lawson had prepared that one since Zandvoort, mate. That's how yeah. far away he sent it. Yeah, it is is fucking wild. But uh, that was that was a good move. Super confident, made the corner perfectly, easily got past the Haas. Who both of them finished a lap down. It was uh, not a good day for the uh, Haas cars. Oof. Yeah, Magnuson, Magnuson said post race he was like, and he goes, I think this is the worst race ever. No disrespect mm. to Haas, but I'm pretty sure they say that nearly every fucking race now. Oh, it's it's a tough it's a tough time for that car. Clearly, they're not matching the development rate of the other teams, um, and that scrap towards the back, oof, 
it's difficult, man. It's really difficult. And I, f- I feel for him. I remember working at Force India when we were back at the back of the shed. I was just happy to be there at the time. I was like, I don't really care. I'm just here to have fun. But um, I don't think, pe- I don't think Haas is having much fun right now, honestly. No. I'm, is it controversial? No, I don't think so. I think Gene Haas should fucking just sell that team to someone that's willing to invest proper money into it. I. I feel like there's a nail really, and I'm, you've hit it right on the head. I don't really see what the point of that team is at the minute. No, no, they, they need to make a step and yeah, they definitely need to make a step. So, um, post-race notes, man, pace ranking. I think it was Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston in that order. Uh, but Albon scoring a P7, um, really benefiting from a great qualifying performance and the car's slippery nature, but Props to Albon uh, for dragging that car up to a P7. Mm. We've, yeah, we've, we've kind, we kind of talked about it. Was the Ferrari P2 or race went on the cards? Because I had some people on Twitter after my tweet from the, uh, the buy me a coffee slide, a little uh, preview on Twitter. So if you're not following me on Twitter, get involved. It's not all shithousery on there. But uh, I had some people telling me that, car, that Leclerc's selfishness costs signs the race win. And I had to wonder if maybe they need their water supply checked for heavy metals or hallucinogens. <laughs> I don't see that. That's not in any not world is that happening. No, that's not something that immediately sticks out to me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe if they inverted the cars as soon as Max overtook signs, I don't know if that would have translated to a P2. I, I don't know. But I think they lost some time there. Um, certainly but I think Ferrari were quite content just to take third and fourth I don't think in any apart from a DNF for like Max I don't yeah. think they actually expected to win that race no I don't think so I don't think the pit wall thought that was even possible but I will say and I've actually just finished recording a video which is going to be live on Break F1 on YouTube tomorrow if you're not subscribed to that channel do be sure to follow it um, I'll give you the TLDR of that one I really think that inverting the cars, like you said, could have given Ferrari a 2-4 instead of a 3-4. If Leclerc had pushed more, I think that's a slam dunk P3, P4. But here's the interesting thing, though. The difference between a 2-4 and a 3-4 is, what, three points, I think? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's 18 for P2, 15 for P3. It's not like so, we've got a combined 12 years of experience in F1, is it? Yeah. No, but like you know, when you think about that, that's you know that's that's only a couple points, but they're something like fifty points behind Mercedes, forty something points behind Mercedes, and there's eight races to go. You know this this kind of th- three points here and there can make the difference. And yes, Ferrari have made a lot of blunders this season. Was this a blunder? No, I think they did a pretty damn good job. But you don't want to be doing a pretty damn good job. You want to be doing well the best this job. They've overtaken Aston Martin in the standings now, so mm. into P two. Mm. Which yeah. I'm surprised Aston held on to that for so long, actually. Yeah, but like they've really, they've really dropped the ball since since Canada. And they, I, Alonso had a good result in Zandvoort on the podium again. Great, but uh, you, you. So we we had this little bit of banter going on Twitter uh, before the yesterday. Is Masur said just let him race? Yeah, good. And, yeah, I, honestly, I was here for the entertainment, but at the same time. I think Vasir doesn't want to get involved in that shit fight at the track at the home of Ferrari. You know, like if you if you team order one of those guys mm. and it doesn't go right, 
you you might not get out of that car park alive. I think that was self-preservation more than like, oh, I hope the fans had a good time. Yeah, but you the want, Ferraris battling were the, probably the most exciting part of the fucking race, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but to a lot of people, I rely, like you said, I, I put this tweet out saying I rate Fred for saying just fuck it, let them get on with it to give people something to watch. And yeah. a lot of people came back and said, oh, well, I bet if um, if Charles was the lead car, he probably would have come on the radio and told signs to hold off. Now, I, I, sure. I am not an expert in Ferrari relations, so I can't <laughs> confirm nor deny whether that's the case, but I don't know. I, you can get a degree in that in uh, University of Marinello, by the way. Oh, in, do I have to drive there in the Fiat Panda? Yeah, you do. Sweet, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. If they would have won, you also said that you were going to drive to uh, to Ferrari, weren't you? Yeah. Well, I was. I I. You knew that was going to happen, didn't you? Yeah. We'll talk about this in the random fandom because I had Ferrari. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But yeah, I I'm with you, man. Like it was exciting to watch them race, and if the positions were inverted, I don't think Leclerc would have fared any better than Carlos did. Um, I do think that Leclerc was a little bit kinder on his tires this weekend, but they were getting passed. They weren't winning the race. Uh, maybe a P2 was on the cards, but definitely not a win. Yeah, a bomb or a DNF. Yeah. Now here's, let's touch on one other post-race note. And Toto in the, <sighs> was interviewed, and they put the microphone in front of opposing rivals' faces and asked them questions. And it went something like, you know, to, somebody asked Toto, what do you think of Max Verstappen's uh, wet record-breaking 10 in a row? As he's beat, Sebastian Vettel had nine in a row. Max has now done 10 race wins in a row and it's still going. Um, and then Toto just replies, I believe this is a direct quote. Our situation was a little bit different because we had two guys fighting against each other within the team. I don't know if he cares about the records. It's not something that w- would be important for me, those numbers. It's for Wikipedia and nobody reads that anyway. Me personally, I'm offended because I would not survive without Wikipedia. But uh, I do feel like they do care about those things because the, you know when Lewis hit his 100 win anniversary, that's a pretty spectacular event, but does that mean anything in terms of monetary or championships or anything else? No, it's a Wikipedia I'm, number. I'm so fucking confused by this because I can't tell if this is Toto trying to be humorous and it not working uh, because he <laughs> because he hasn't got that uh, that, shit that humor bone in him. No, he hasn't got that shit status like Christian has. Yeah, or, or if this is just him genuinely sort of coming out with a stinker. I'm. Just, I'm more confused about this whole episode than anything. I just, I don't really understand what he was talking about. Yeah, maybe, maybe we've just misinterpreted, but it's like, I really don't feel like I rate Toto Wolf and I, I was like, what the hell is that coming? That's like really, really out of pocket. So who knows? But super, like, he needs to go to the doctor and make sure he doesn't have sodium poisoning from all that. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. But if he steps out of line one more time, yeah. How, no, actually, no. He's quite tall, isn't he? What is he like? Six yeah. foot, saying he can beat the shit yeah, he, out of he, He's a bit of a bit of a unit. That he one. He is. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I won't. Yeah. But um. Yeah. So there's also another big controversy. Um. Science got robbed at the race. No, I'm just kidding. He got robbed after the race, though, for sure. <laughs> some some jokers mugged him and stole his his. He tried to steal his Richard Mille watch, and those things. I think some of the less ex- expensive ones are like 50k, but the 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 better the more expensive versions of those are 200 to 500,000 euros those are yeah this one was half a mil yeah so i mean that is uh mine and dan's houses basically probably and his Mate, shed I live as in well. stevenage that's like 10 of my houses <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> 
Okay. Well, yeah. So somebody mugged signs for ten of his houses, but apparently signs chased after him, and the coppers got him. So uh, you got that watch back, but that's not cool. Did this not also happen earlier in the season to Charles? It's happened several times. The moral of the story is: uh, wear Richard Mille, get your uh, your wrist. Uh, yeah, that's why I don't own one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me the too. Constant fear of theft. Look at look at this cute little Fitbit. I look like an eighty year old grandma trying to keep her steps in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lando's been robbed as well. Says Arash. Yeah, yeah he got uh, Wembley. I think we we watched the yeah. football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and, uh, anyway, I don't even know. I don't fucking have a watch, mate. I don't. I don't need to know how out of touch I am with the time. That's fine. Well, why don't we get into the next segment of our it podcast? Is. And we've been looking forward to it. Go for it. This is you. You have this one. Oh yeah, I do. No, oh fuck's sake. Right, take two. Right, through the power of editing, which I'm not going to do, uh, Rory has also just said that Alfa Romeo sponsor Steak has just this second announced that uh, they've had $41 million stolen in a hacking. Stake the, uh, the crypto uh, gambling website. Yeah, the gambling website. Who also uh, uh, sponsor? Who are also Kick as well? Which is they basically like we can't advertise gambling on this car in most of the places. We'll just use our other company, uh, Kick, which is basically a the Twitch crypto gambling website where everybody went after Twitch cracked down on them. But anyway, holy crap! Breaking news from Rory Talks F one forty one milli. Yeah, forty one million dollars. And so I guess my uh, kick partner contract's not coming fucked. through. And while we're talking about it, um, <laughs> oh, fuck, who's the crypto sponsor of Alpine? Is it uh, Bits? Is it Binance? Binance, yeah. They just had a um, SEC legal case raised against them as well. So Man. things are looking up for crypto in F1. Big up, big anyway. up those Dogecoin yep. to the moon. Uh, Get your engine breaking of- coin now. So this is the random fandom segment, and I've got Alfa Romeo, so they get an immediate F for their sponsor's parent getting absolutely boosted for a bit of cheese. But uh, I didn't even know Alfa Romeo and Monza this weekend, honestly. My honest report on them. Uh, they were back of the field throughout the weekend. Show knocked out in Q1. Bottas knocked out at the back of Q2. Just not that fast. Bottas, decent race. Uh, honestly, a good race for Bottas. P14 up to P10. Uh, Joe only improving P18 to P17, which is, I think, as a result of Sonoda's retirement. Um, they get a D because Bottas got a single point. Otherwise, it's a big F for them. And the only team that struggled, I think, more than them this weekend, other than Alpine again, was uh, the Haas, which went from bad to worse. So my rating for Alfa Romeo this weekend, unfortunately, is uh, Nick so good. I will give him an honorary toot-toot. For the livery, I thought that looked really nice. That was it was that was very good. I I like the Ferrari Monza livery, but I, I think the the Alfa Romeo one was actually quite beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, sorry, who did I have Ferrari? Right, we've mostly talked about this, but we'll, we'll go through it again. So we know they took a new PU for both cars yep. this weekend, which would have helped them uh, looking quick all Friday. But their race sims now. This is why I wasn't too concerned, and I made this ridiculous mm. bet. Their race sims compared to Red Bull showed they were still behind. And Charles was saying he was struggling with the car balance. So we get round to qualifying. 
Uh, signs P1, Charles P3. Charles said, you know, he was still struggling making setup changes in FP3 and the car still felt inconsistent. Uh, they were constantly top of the speed trap figures, but Red Bull, specifically Marco, shit howled and said they admitted that uh, they've aimed more for a race setup. So that's when the Ferrari dream was sort of over for me. <laughs> like, oh, because the Ferrari's got like two key strengths, right? And that's good straight line speed and slow corner balance. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari went for like a real low downforce uh, rear wing, which is great for single lap pace, but bad for the race because it brings a tire wear penalty. And lo and behold, we get to the race and Sainz has a good start, kept Mac behind for a while. Uh, but then, you know, the tires go off and the superior race pace of the Red Bull means he dropped down to P3, had a little battle with Charles and they finished P3, P4. Uh, my note here says, could they have done better? Not sure. Carlos said post-race the one stop was right on the limit in terms of tire wear for him. Uh, and I said, it would have been interesting to see what a two stop would have looked like with one of them. Mm-hmm. But caveat that I'll add just now is that I think the alternative tyre allocation forced everyone into this sort of hard and medium strategy. I think I need a, a new consultant for my newsletter, man. That's pretty good. Solid. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a super interesting one, though. But uh, I don't I, I do not think the two stop was on because I don't think the soft was that much faster for how much deck it had. Mm. But other than that, yeah, they didn't. They Red and we, I don't know if we talked about this, but Red Bull didn't bring a low downforce rear wing. A lot of teams brought a bespoke rear wing and beam wing package, which is designing, manufacturing a wing that you're only going to use here and maybe Vegas, maybe Vegas. Um, but Red Bull were like, ah, fuck it, we'll just bring our medium downforce rear wing and then uh, air saw it, trim the flap. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, sorry, oh. I also forgot to give them a rating. I say a B, a solid B. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat says, didn't Perez run a super slim wing? He did, but he destroyed it in P2. And I think that was Oofed. the only one they had. Oofed. Was, oh, okay, I didn't remember that. Yeah, it was, I do recall it being a different wing. But if they didn't have spares, then I think they, they were like, yeah, we don't think it's great, but if you no, want to run it, we've got data, one of them. I think that was data gathering for it, um, wouldn't, but he wrecked it. It wouldn't be surprising to see uh, a little bit of data gathering for later in the season. But, um... Are we ready for our next segment? Sure, why not? Fraud Watch. Fraud Watch. So this is Fraud Watch. I think those sound effects were maybe a little bit glitched there. Uh, oops. But anyway, Fraud Watch is where we put somebody on blast for an absolutely diabolical performance or deed performed in the weekend leading up to or potentially in the future. No, we can't do that. But uh, Dan, who's on your fraud watch this weekend? Uh, Alpine, bang, straight in. No, I'm not even, Easy. Not even thinking about this. <laughs> they, were, they were nowhere and Ocon retired and nobody noticed. Not that... even the commentators did notice. No one mentioned anything until sort of halfway. I think he retired like 12 laps from the end and we got to like two laps from the end and I realized, where's Ocon? And then, yeah. yeah. So, nobody... I unfortunately I hate to do it because I've got some friends that work there, but I'm going to put Haas on this weekend. They they finished a lap down on everybody around uh, this place, and they were the only team to finish a lap down. They were on the struggle bus, but at the same time, to put that in a little bit of perspective, is you can do a better job over the whole season if you don't waste money and time developing stuff. But I don't know if they brought a rear wing or not, or if they just did a little trim or something. But yeah, I they were pretty anonymous, unfortunately. So, oofed. 
I think that's I think that's the summary. But why don't we go into the next one? Hey. Mm. Oh, you, 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 who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Um, and you know, good boys, we, we take a moment to give somebody a little bit of props for a, a job well done on the weekend leading up to it or any good deeds. And uh, we've got quite a few people on there. We'll do a summary at some point. But uh, who have you gone from Monza for your engine mode? Good boy. Don't say Toto Wolf. <sighs> Wikipedia. No. Um, <laughs> again, I do this every week. I don't put anything in the notes because I always change my mind at the end. Yeah. I was about to give it to Fred. Uh, but I've decided I'm going to give it to Alban for his um, Gandalf yeah. impersonation of You Shall Not Pass for half yeah, the dude. race. Annabelle and Sarah in the chat also. Alban, the goodest boy, based, very, very based take. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I'm going to be kind of boring, and uh, it's the second time I've gassed him up. I'm, I'm not going to tell him because it'll be embarrassing. It's the third time, actually. Max has got three from me. Uh, Max Verstappen, 10 consecutive race wins um, in a row. Yeah. He's not really oh, had a Max whole... Verstappen. I used to be your oh. race engineer. Ooh. Ooh, friends. No, but like, come on. This is this is uh, we're gonna look back on this in ten years and be like, you cheating sons of bitches. No, uh, <laughs> I, I do. I can't honestly. I can't read any tweets without people saying, "Oh, the cost cap. You broke it." I'm like, okay. Oh, hashtag one day, Abu Dhabi scandal. Hashtag one, catering. One day, the truth about the cost cap will come out, and people can be like. God, I feel like such an idiot. Yes, because we spent it all. No, just wait. Just wait. It'll I'm come out one day. I'm a bastard and I eat all the sandwiches. Oh, fat bastard. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's who's on the list for this weekend. But we've got a, a, a week without a race and maybe we can do a special episode next week. What are we saying? Maybe we'll come up with a guest or something. I think, we could, I, th- I think we need to do something. Oh, guest friends. Oh, guest friends. Oh, but anyway, um, if you guys have been listening to the podcast and you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Music. Drop five stars. You know you like it, even though we talk trash about your favorite driver. I didn't even make one negative comment about Carlos Sainz today. Uh, apparently, one of our listeners was upset that I always rag on him, and I get it. But you don't have to like everybody. I'm not mad at you. But, uh, honest, you can drop one star. I don't give a fuck, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Engagement, but uh, if you if you if you if you also want to get involved in this, we record these podcasts live over on YouTube at Engine Breaking Account. Um, keep an eye on the stream section; you'll see when we schedule one of these. It's usually Monday or Tuesday nights after races. Um, we'll try and sneak one in next week. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go support my local butcher, buy some uh, pork ribs to chuck on the Traeger this weekend. I'm not buying a whole chicken from him because they cost twelve quid. Tesco's got them for six. It's yeah. not worth it. You know I'm, what I'm saying I'm going to big up all the parents whose kids have gone back to school today. Well done, you've made it. <laughs> we've, we've got through to some holidays. Uh, you've done it, you crazy, crazy bastards. Yeah. But um, uh, seriously, thank you guys. Um, don't be sure to check out Drop Engine Mode Eleven a follow on Twitter. Drop me a follow on Twitter as well. But uh, Dan's about to hit that 100k milestone. And uh, Break F1 on YouTube, we've got a video talking about the Monza Grand Prix and what coulda, shoulda, woulda been with a bunch of nerdy details. So uh, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. And uh, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs>